Welcome to the Staying Golden podcast, where we'll be catching up with Laurier alumni to give the Laurier community a glimpse of what the future may hold after graduation. We would like to acknowledge that Wilfrid Laurier University and its campuses are located on the Haldeman Tract, traditional territory of the neutral Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. COVID-19 is affecting our Laurier community. As students adapt to online learning and the challenges that come with the pandemic, alumni have been working together to support them. Laurier students are showing incredible resilience, but the challenges are not over. Send a message to your fellow Golden Hawks that you're here to help. Donate to the Student Emergency Fund at laurieralumni.ca students and spread the Laurier love today. Welcome back to the Staying Golden podcast. Today I'm here with Sarah Strayler, Laurier class of 2009 and technically 2010 as well. So first, Sarah, I'd like to ask you, how are you today? Well, thanks. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Just starting off the semester. Um, seems to be off to an all right start so far, but should be picking up soon. So I'd like to ask you briefly, obviously, just to start off, um, can you briefly tell me what your experience was like at Laurier Brantford's campus? Yes, I absolutely can. Um, I mean, first of all, I loved it there. I still think of it fondly. Um, when I started, it was 2005. So the campus was still relatively new. Um, I imagine there's a lot more going on there now. Um, but yeah, I loved it when I went. It was, it felt like a big university feel, but a small community feel. And I, I had a really good time there. So what was the culture like when you were at Laurier? And I know that you went to, um, you also attended um, Laurier's Waterloo campus um, after your undergrad. So can you kind of just give me like a compare and contrast? Like what's the difference between the two in your experience? Yeah, um, I found the Brantford campus felt um, a little bit more sort of spread out at times. I don't know if it was just the layout of it even. There was less like common area when I went um, compared to the Waterloo campus, which had a lot more common areas like the food hall, um, all of these spaces where you were with more students. But at Brantford, you know, it was like there wasn't even like a central cafeteria or anything when I went or even like a student center till my last year. So everything was spread out a bit more into smaller groups, not as much big energy feeling. Yeah, I, I definitely um, see that because I think the Laurier Brantford campus is only about like, from what I know, it's only about like one tenth of the population of the Laurier campus, the Waterloo campus. So it's definitely a lot of a, a much smaller school. Um, environment but even the Waterloo campus you still get that similar small school environment because it's not huge yeah yeah exactly so you attended Laurier Brantford for your undergrad where you majored in contemporary studies and minored in English but you also attended Laurier the following year to complete a bachelor of education so we'll get into your career path as an educator later on but I'd really like to ask you about your decision to pursue this program so is this something you always wanted to do um, and then kind of what led you to pursue education um, after your undergrad? I had it in my head that I wanted to be a teacher. 
So it was part of why I chose Laurier Brantford as my school, because it was the only school at the time and maybe still now in, um, at least in Southern Ontario, that offered a childhood education and development option. So that was like an add-on with the contemporary studies undergrad. So it gave you a little bit of a leg up when, when applying to Bachelor of Education programs because they're pretty competitive. So I figured I would have a bit of an edge if I had this um, childhood education and development. They called it an option, but it ended, it was so uh, advanced that it almost ended up like a bit of a specialist degree. So it was a huge part of why I chose the program that I did knowing that I was gonna go into teaching. And then contemporary studies was great because there was so much crossover that getting a minor was pretty easy. By my fourth year, I realized I was one course out from an English minor. Um, And if I had, uh, if I had selected a little bit better, I think I only missed one course from having a geography minor as well. So it's very random. Um, But that was just the nature of, of the contemporary studies program because of the diversity of the classes. So um, it was kind of an added bonus that I got all of these like really helpful and important, um, you know, different like paths in my degree. Yeah, I think um, personally, I also kind of stumbled upon um, not a, I didn't stumble into a minor, but I stumbled into a specialization. Um, I'm doing a communication studies um, major. That's one of my majors. I'm doing a double major with um, poli sci and communications. But for my communications, I kind of just from the courses that I took, just based on interest, I ended up with a media and cultural theories specialization. So not a bad addition to my degree, especially considering I wasn't really initially planning on doing it. So obviously, since your education degree at Laurier, you've also pursued your education experience has mostly involved young children. So your education experience has mostly involved young children. So you worked as you've a kindergarten also been a teacher private for nanny. a few years, um, and, and I saw you also that you've work also been a as a tutor nanny. for elementary school. I don't know if you still children. do this, but you've also so from worked this as a tutor for elementary elementary school age children. So I guess from this, it's safe to say that you really know about your experience as an educator. I'd like to know more about your experience as an educator and as a child caregiver, and what kind of pride you take in that work. Yeah, I mean, I love working with children. Um, through my volunteering, I got to be in probably every grade, like preschool through to grade nine or 10. So I had a chance to try out different grades, which was great because it helped me focus in on what I really enjoyed, which for me was really those kindergarten years. Um, it's a super special year. They love school, they love learning. I love teaching them, um, trying to, you know, just get them excited about life and learning every day and just try and show them some cool stuff along the way. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was great. I loved, I, I really loved the kindergarten age group and um, it, it's definitely a, a spot that makes me feel good as a teacher and like I'm kind of making a difference for this beginning journey for these little people. I think that's what a lot of um, people who work with young children usually, you know, come to find. Um, in my experience, I know a few people that have gone on to study um, early childhood education um, and similar avenues. And I think that it's usually about like, you know, taking pride in, um, you know, 
introducing kids to school and introducing kids to like, you know, the early stages of their education that they're going to be, you know, um, experiencing for a number of years. So you eventually moved to San Francisco after working with um, working in a number of different um, education related careers. So I'd like to know more about why you decided to move to San Francisco and then get a little bit of information about the work that you did in California as a music teacher, as well as some of the freelance work and even the we'll get into the startup that you have been working on as well. So if you can just give me a rundown of that, that'd be great. Yeah, um, my uh, my partner and I moved to California, I guess, in 2014. Um, he was uh, part of a startup um, and I was ready for an adventure. So I was, I was down to, to go live in California. Um, and pretty much as soon as I got there, I stayed in education. So I was going to a lot of education-based meetups. Um, I got really into the ed tech uh, environment, which is sort of, it was a big disruption in education, trying to use technology to find solutions to a lot of you know problems that existed in education. Um, I was volunteering a lot. Um, in still in kindergarten and preschool, just to keep, you know, make sure I was staying immersed. I didn't want to lose uh, anything that I had gained from being actually in classrooms and I didn't want to become disconnected. So I continued to um, volunteer. And then a few years later, uh, I was like, maybe I should just teach my own classes. I, I think this is where I am now. So, um, the very first time I taught a music class for free in a park um, and it only took one class and I had so many people email me from that free class um, and start asking me to come to their condos, um, birthday parties, you know, doing things for small pods of kids. Um, and then I partnered with a gym uh, who is looking to introduce a ton of children's programming to complement the work that she did as a postpartum and prenatal trainer. Um, and it was an amazing partnership. We built out a, a super cool program of music, sensory activities, art, movement stuff. Um, yeah, it was really fun. And I did that for years, right up until we moved back to Toronto. I was still teaching one or two days until my flight back out. So the music teaching, that was like working, um, that's like working with kids and families and what kind of stuff did you do? Do you teach them how to play like instruments or what does that kind of entail? It was more, um, cause I, I moved more into younger kids. So it was more like parent and baby or parent and toddler music classes. So I would like play songs, do shakers, do instruments get them moving um, and always keeping my uh, my childhood education and development degree in mind that sort of developmental psych always is at the core of what I do so you know working on literacy through music with the babies or working on gross motor skills through the movement and rhythm stuff um, through the music classes and just kind of keeping in mind where the kids were along their developmental journeys to create what I thought was very good musical programming. 
So how many instruments do you play? I play... I, I play two. I'm a classically trained pianist. Um, I learned guitar, I guess, almost 10 years ago now um, and played in bands and still still play in bands. I still write a lot of music. Um, I kind of grew up in the punk scene, so I, uh, I've spent a lot of time, um, you know, going to shows and being a part of shows and playing that type of music. Um, my dad's a drummer, so I'm not bad on drums. And uh, I mean, I guess I sing as well. So it's music is a big part of my life. So you mentioned, like we discussed earlier, that you moved back a few years ago to Toronto. Um, so what kind of led you to do that? What, what influenced that decision? And how have you been doing since you're returning home? Um, what have you pursued in terms of, you know, working and your career? Yeah, so what basically led us to move home was among this whole journey as one does as she gets older and enters her 30s uh, I became a mom myself Um, so I was working part-time doing all of this in SF but I was still primarily a stay-at-home parent and then when it was time for my own daughter to start her education uh I just wanted to be home to be honest coming from you know being a part of the Ontario education system the Waterloo District School Board the Toronto District School Board I just have such a strong belief in our public education here I believe in the pedagogy I believe in the curriculum I believe in the importance of public education um So I wanted her to be a part of it. So we moved back for her to start school. Uh, My plan was to go back to teaching. um, But then I decided to take a small break because I had worked so much and been a stay-at-home mom this full time. So when she started uh, um, preschool, I got a part-time job just doing something that I like, which is running, working at a running shoe store I'm pretty into fitness as well so took a little break um and I've pivoted my career a little bit since then okay so you moved home and obviously I think it would probably be a lot more comfortable to raise your family um where you grew up kind of and just in a familiar setting for you so circling back kind of to your work again I kind of want to get more into your business so best fit pd so what is this and what kind of drove you to pursue this venture? What kind of value do you think this business provides? Yeah, so when you're living in San Francisco and you're constantly surrounded by all of these startups, it's uh, very easy to get swept up in it and really inspired by it. Um, so I attended something, it still runs regularly. Um, it's basically called Startup Weekend, but there's always a main focus. So there could be startup healthcare or startup, um, I don't know, fitness, where they're trying to use new businesses to disrupt a space. So I went to a startup education weekend where I pitched an idea um, that I thought there could be a better way for us to do professional development for teachers. So many teachers spend time in PD sessions that uh, don't impact their actual teaching. There's a lot of wasted time, a lot of wasted resources. Um, It can be hard to find courses that you need even. So I thought, what if there was a really simple way to put all of these pieces together for teachers and they could get the professional development they need 
um, and it would save a lot of money and, and time and be more effective. So I pitched this idea. A lot of people liked it. I got a team together um, and then uh, we created a, a VIP, basically a starter product with a website and all these working pieces to show what it would look like and pitched it to some investors um, and the minister of the Oakland school board there. Uh, and I came in second place. So it must have been an idea that people thought had a lot of value um, in how to accelerate professional development for teachers and, and the impact that this could have on resources um, and you know, just a better experience for teachers and students overall. Okay. I really like that you kind of, you know, were, you're at, you went to Laurier, right? And, you know, it's a very business-driven school. Um, the business program at the Waterloo campus is very large. But you weren't a business student, obviously, but you were still able to, you know, identify what you thought was a problem that needed solving and you felt that you could solve it. I think that's really important for students that are, in programs, especially at Laurier, where you have such a large business program, um, sometimes you feel discouraged because the program that you're in might not feel as, you know, it doesn't have the same name value that it does when you say, you know, I'm in BBA when you go to Laurier. And the same applies at a lot of other schools. Um, but I think that's important that you can recognize that, you know, you don't have to take business in school to have a business mindset, right? You can be an entrepreneur without, you know, studying business. You can solve problems without having that, you know, that formal business education. So I think that's really inspiring and really um, encouraging for people that are, you know, they maybe have ideas, but they feel discouraged because they don't have that formal business experience. Mm -hmm. And if anything, I'd say no matter what, uh, no matter what uh, field you're in, always remember that you're the expert in your own field. A lot of the ed tech startups that I saw fail was because they were started by people who actually were in business um, and they were so much more focused on creating a product that would sell basically or get them investment. There was a lot of money driven focus there and a lot of um, business side focus and inevitably almost all of them collapsed because they didn't have that uh, that understanding of the real pain points and the real experience from educators. Um, and I'd say it's true in so many, so many fields, no matter which field you're in, don't forget that you're the expert. And if you see something missing, you can be the one to come up with the solution to fix it. Uh, so it's, and that, you know, those solutions are what is really driving our world forward as, as we continue to evolve as humans. I think that's a really good point about, you know, you're the expert in your field. Um, and I think that's a really good analysis of, you know, why some of those other companies might have failed. You know, like you said, there was a lot of, you know, as much as a business is supposed to make money, it can't be the only sole focus because that's very, you know, it's short-sighted, not very, you know, you're not looking at making an effective program that's going to establish your business as, you know, a quality business offering quality services. If you're just focused on short-term profits, you're not going to really break into the market. So obviously, given the experience that you've described, you have a lot of experience under your belt in a wide, ver a wide array of um, different jobs and careers. So I would just kind of ask you, you know, since you've returned home, I know that you have a child of your own, um, what's next for you in your career? And if, there, if that's not really on the radar in terms of a career change, or pursuing, um, you know, changes in your career, what's next in your personal life goals? 
Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned, I'm kind of in the midst of a, of a small career pivot, which has only really come about in the last year or so. Um, I've started doing a lot more writing and I'm actually working as a freelance content creator and copywriter right now. So who knew that that, uh, that squeaky English minor was going to come in so handy. Um, I mean, that said, I've always had a huge interest in English. Um, I was, uh, I was published in an academic journal during my time at Laurier, um, which was not an easy feat. I applied to a lot. Um, I had a really good teacher who kind of saw a little bit of potential in me and said, you should send out some of your work to some peer-reviewed places. And sure enough, it, it got in one. So um, writing has always been uh, big for me. So um, it felt like a very natural pivot. And it afforded me the flexibility I needed um, during uh, so the main reason last year I didn't go back was because of the strike in Toronto and I was like oh, my kids still only in half days I don't know if I want to go back and deal with this um, and then for four short months later we were in the midst of a, a pandemic so it it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise that I decided to take on a little bit of contract copywriting work because now I have this really flexible career change. Um, I don't have to rely on going back to education right now, but I enjoy my writing a lot. It's I have tons of clients and I always have that education base that sort of drives my writing, whether I'm doing a blog post or I'm working on a website, always trying to put myself in other people's shoes and think what do these people need to know what's the information they need that educator side of me always comes out including in my sort of new career shift um, and it's been a really cool way to test out and flex some of my other skills that I gained in some of my other creative interest areas. So you've been able to kind of be adaptive um, you've had a lot of adaptability throughout your career clearly as you've jumped between a lot of different um odd jobs and mm -hmm. even, you know, legitimate um, career building um, experiences. So I would just kind of ask you, like, during this time, um, how has your career um, or life been affected by COVID? And what kind of advice would you give to students and young people who are either pursuing studies or seeking to pursue a career during these very trying times? So my life definitely has been affected mostly, I'd actually say, as a parent. Um, not necessarily as much in my career. If I had been teaching, uh, if this had been 1.5 September, you know, years, Septembers ago, this would be a fully different conversation because I would be an online teacher right now. Um, but I've been a lot more affected as a parent. Um, and, and even I feel like kind of as a woman, like, so much of the childcare and child giving tends to still fall back on mothers, even though I have a very balanced partnership in our, in our family and in our household, there's still, I become the default parent. So if my career had had some amazing momentum to it, it's would have been the one put on the back burner uh, because of the pandemic. And, you know, that's really challenging for a lot of parents and a lot of moms out there. So that's been tough. Uh, we're, we're making it through, but I, I won't 
sit here and ever say that it hasn't been hard because it's been really, really hard. Um, just mentally, like just exhausted and always thinking about coming back from this, trying to get my career back on track, just tired of being a mom, like all of those things. Um, but my advice for people who are in their studies right now and still going through all of this would be sort of to your point about adaptability. Like it is going to be, it's the key. Adaptability is so key. And, you know, I feel like when I was in university, it was really easy to feel a little bit narrow sighted as in, I'm going to be a classroom teacher and that's my path and I'm going to retire and get my pension and that's it. Um, and that might not be what works for everyone. And what you learn in your undergrad and beyond can have so much value in so many different places. So I would try and be as flexible as you can um, throughout your school journey because it can really serve you wonderful, wonderfully in the future. So I guess some key points we can take away from your tips for students are, you know, adaptability and um, I guess staying optimistic about what the future holds. Yeah, I'd say that's a great summary. Um, yeah, adaptability is so, is so key. I feel like that's something I learned maybe kind of particularly through my contemporary studies degree because it was so spread out in all of these different fields you know we were learning about the environment we were doing psych and sociology we were doing stats we were doing geography we were doing english we were doing like the um native american studies which was amazing when i was at brantford um I feel like that degree maybe in particular helped me learn a lot of adaptability. We were constantly shifting gears and I always felt that that was a, such a major benefit of that program. I have recommended it like up and down a million times to other people and been like, honestly, I feel like this program, it uh, really sets you up for success in a wide range of fields and it really sets you up for life success. Like I learned things sometimes I forget how long ago I graduated uh it's been a little while now I guess 10 years um but I still like even when the pandemic hit and I've talked about it with people I took a class at Brantford called health and disease from Eden to ER like we stu I studied pandemics as one of my classes I remember that information you know and we went through like the um, BLM movement in 2020 really came to light. Like we studied a ton of that in my classes. So I feel like even just as a, uh, you know, setting you up for life success in general, it was such a good program and one that I, um, I think is really undervalued for how great it is. And I wish more people knew about it. Okay. So I think, wrapping it up from here i'd like to just kind of say thank you very much for all your insights i think this will be a very valuable podcast for anyone who's listening to kind of get an idea of not only just you know of career building but also in terms of education um and why we should value our education um as we you know move forward every day taking our opportunity to learn more um and especially from you an early childhood educator um, to a certain extent, you know, focusing on educating young children. Um, and as a parent, I think that you've given us some valuable insights for us to consider 
as we go forward in our career and in our lives as you know potential parents in the future. So I would like to say thank you very much for coming on and taking time out of your day to um, meet with me and discuss some of these things. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. It's always fun to think about and talk about my time at Laurier and uh, just think about kind of where I where I am now. Mm-hmm.